Welcome to the United Pubcast. Again, you are with Larry, your co-host, and I've got my fellow co-host, Tom. Mate, how relieving was that? Because I'm telling you, Copenhagen, you were thinking, yeah, this should be easy. Boy, it was anything but that. Well, I wouldn't call it relieving because I couldn't watch the match live because I was starting work at 6.30 in the morning, so I wanted to watch it a little bit later. So I said, um, I'll watch the match at the gym, just sort of get a bit of a, like an hour and a half workout over the treadmill. So thanks to United, I've now run a marathon with the extra 30 minutes, so I'm, I'm not walking for a week, thanks to the players. Uh, good to hear, keeping that heart rate up. You're getting old, Tom, so it's good to hear you're keeping healthy. But, of course, we're here to discuss all things Manchester United. We are now in the semi-finals of the Europa League, and I'm telling you, I'm eyeing off that Inter final. I'm, I'm feeling it, but we'll see. So obviously we'll go through all the performances, key points in the game, and uh, we'll go through the three, two, ones, and maybe just finish on some Jaden Sancho news. So Tom, let's rip straight into this game. Uh, team selection, team, um, Sergio Romero. Do you think he's the starting goalkeeper for the rest of the tournament? I thought De Gea would have come in for this one. Well, I think it's clear now. Romero definitely comes in now, but I, I was one probably calling sort of understanding why Romero would play. But I was one that probably thought De Gea maybe should and probably would come in. But um, fair play to Solskjaer for sticking to his guns and sort of rewarded Romero for... Because when Romero comes in, he does well. Oh, no, he has made the one or two mistakes, but who hasn't? De Gea has made plenty. So um, fair play to Solskjaer for keeping Romero um, in there and, again, did well. So fair play to him. No, I agree with you there. Unforgivable position is goalkeeper. Once you make a mistake, there is nowhere to hide. Here's my conspiracy theory. Let me know if you agree with this. I think Jordan Henderson will come back to United next season. Jordan and Henderson, fight please with, no. Ah, uh, Dean Henderson. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Definitely don't want Jordan Henderson. I'll drive him back to Merseyside. Um, Dean Henderson, I expect him to come back to United, compete with De Gea for that number one spot, and I think Romero might in fact leave United, and this might just be his auditioning if you like window shopping for other teams to say come and get me what do you think about that one because there's no case in which all three goalkeepers remain at Manchester United very very well could be but I don't think Romero really needs to be in the shop window I think everyone world football has seen what Romero has been in the last couple of years and I think if he wasn't to be put on the market I'm sure maybe not in the Premier League but I'm sure he'd have um, his pick of clubs Um, I'm sure he'd have the pick of the bench he could almost walk into any team and say I'll be your second choice goalkeeper but um, I don't think Solskjaer really is sort of thinking of a financial thing. Okay, if we play him now, we'll be able to get a few extra million. I just think he's sort of maybe made a promise to Romero at the start of the season saying, if we go deep in the Europa League, I'm going to stick with you. Same as what um, Jose Mourinho did. So um, fair play to the manager for sticking with him, even though I probably would prefer De Gea in there at the moment, but can't argue a clean sheet over 120 minutes. Yeah, we shall see until we get knocked out. He causes the goal to go in and then, you know, you, you know how Twitter works. Yeah. Um, let's talk about players who didn't take their opportunity, potentially. Um, Bay and Fred. Um, I want to talk about these two in particular because they're the players where you say they're on the cusp. You could say, you know, give Fred an opportunity when Matic is tired and we on this podcast have been advocates of Fred and calling for him to get an opportunity. Let's start with Bay. Um what did you make of the what did you make of his performance today? I think whenever I think pretty much whatever performance Eric Bay puts in, I always just remember it as an Eric Bay performance. I thought he was good, showed very good signs, but he always has that and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's sort of not really valid, but he just gives you that sense of nerves. And I think Solskjaer ultimately had that as well. 
which is why he came on. And I think we did, and again, it might just be a subconscious thing, but I felt a lot more comfortable with uh, Victor Lindelof next to Maguire. And it's weird because I think if Eric Bailly plays well, I think he's a better player than Victor Lindelof. But it's just something about the, what he brings to the team. He, he, I don't think it's him personally brings his nervous energy, but there's just something about him. If, if I'm feeling it, I think Solskjaer is also feeling it. There's something about his performances at the moment where I'm not going to say he has a composure to his game when he does play well because he's anything but composed. But <coughs> if I could compare it to someone, I'd say it's like a Vidic. I think he's obviously not as good as Vidic, but you know how Vidic had that aggressive line that he played with and when he played with at that certain aggressive level, you knew he was on his game? I feel like Bay at the moment is kind of in that limbo where he wants to be aggressive, but he's kind of nervous of making a mistake. He kind of feels like he's fighting for his place. And maybe that's just making him a bit nervous because he just looks like, to your point, I've been calling for him to come in because Lindelof has clear weaknesses that Bay has strengths, but he just looks short of confidence at the moment. Well, I felt what the um, fair play to the um, Copenhagen manager, I felt what they were almost playing to. And they were playing, I think, to Eric Bay. But not only Bay, I think they were doing the same thing to Brandon Williams. And it almost caught out a few times. I think they were almost looking for um, a trailing leg and trying to maybe win a penalty or two on those two players. And came very close once or twice on Brandon Williams. But fair play to him for not giving away the penalty. But I think that's all definitely a weakness with Eric Bay as well. I think there was one where we scrambled quite well. I think it was after the Fred mistake in the first half. He gave away the ball. And Eric Bay ended up doing quite well to do enough to put the striker off. But I'm telling you, he was a shoelace away from giving away a reckless penalty. So, look, again, fair play to him. He's kept a clean sheet. He's come in after not sort of too much football and done well. But um, it doesn't ease my concerns over the centre-back issue. Yeah, I'm with you there, and I'm sure it'll pop up again in the coming weeks. Um, let's talk about Fred, the Brazilian. Um, he's come in, again, another one who got substituted uh, for, for Matic. I guess it was Solskjaer reverting to his strongest eleven. Uh, what did you make of... I guess the whole team was kind of off in the first half, but what did you make of Fred's performance? I thought he was steady, but again, just lacking that composure on the ball. It's sort of understandable. I think he was good and bad at times, but that's what you're going to get when you have a player who doesn't play for a while. When you come into a game, not just come into a game, but you come into a sort of all-or-nothing game, a European quarterfinal where everything's on the line, you come into that game, you don't just have to worry about your performance in regards to sort of getting the better of your opponent, you have to worry about sort of finding your own feet first. So I think it's understandable that he was a little bit shaky and I don't think Matic came on and sort of changed the game. I don't think Matic did any better than Fred, but again, a little bit, and I don't know, maybe it's a little bit sort of invalid, but a little bit more calm, like when Victor Lindelof came on for Bay, I think a little bit, the team was a little bit more composed when Matic was on. And there wasn't a criticism of Fred, I thought he did fine, but I think there's just something about that Sort of when Solskjaer is so consistent in picking the same 11, um, it definitely shows when there is one or two changes, you can see why Solskjaer is almost afraid to make those changes. I see us linked with centre-backs. I see us linked with strikers. Um, obviously, want a winger in Jadon Sancho, links with Jack Grealish. Mate, I'm telling you, we are dying for a defensive midfielder. This game, if any, was a clear indication of that. If Matic is the only player in that position that you trust, we clearly need some quality and depth in that position. But anyway... What, what um, did Tom, you think the reasoning yes. for Bay and Fred coming in? Do you think it was a rotation thing or do you think Solskjaer wanted to reward them? Or like, what do you think the reasoning for the rotation was? 
It can't be a rotation. It, it surely it's just he's trusted them against uh, what should be on paper at least a lesser opposition. It's a chance to say take your opportunity. It's a knockout game, so it's not just this isn't a friendly. I'm giving you some faith to <coughs> prove to me that you know fight for your positions. And I just unfortunately I don't think either of them really took their chance. Um, Fred less so than Bay, but yeah the. The Ivory Coast international time, I'm telling you, it was really disappointing from my point of view. I've been calling for him to get this opportunity for so long, and every time he's come in, he's given away a penalty within one minute of coming on against uh, Bournemouth. Um, and then he, just every game since, he's just looked shaky on the ball. The FA Cup, he's knocking himself out. He's knocking teammates out. He's just been shaky all round. So, yeah, quite disappointed. Um, let's talk about the performance as a whole. Um we, look, obviously, we won't dissect the whole game. It was a long 120 minutes. But were we really that bad? Because you look at that no goal now, um, the stroke of half-time, VAR rules it out. If Mason Greenwood gets that, it's a completely different football match, is it not? Yeah, definitely. I, I think when that went in at 1-0, well, supposedly 1-0, it was almost game over at half-time. There was no way back for Copenhagen. So they very, looked very lucky. There was definite offside. So... But I just think, not not only that, that goal, but the goalkeeper, did he get man of the match? I'm sure he probably got your wife as man of the match. So um, Bloody hell, he deserves it. On another, he was unreal. On another day, like, the f- performance was flat and it wasn't great. But I'm telling you, on another day, that's 6-0. And then we're talking about one of the best European performances of all time. So it's just, it's a game of inches. And when the inches aren't in your favour, you're going to pay the price in terms of the fan reaction. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, what is that goalkeeper's name? I'm going to quickly try and find it. Um, Jonsson. Mate, I'm telling you, he's going to end up in the Premier League or some European club will sign him up after that performance because, seriously, he, he was really good. I was, I was highly impressed. Um, moving on. So, uh, Solskjaer. Um, I, I guess we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but, you know, we've talked about Bay and Fred coming off. Um, do you think it's... Do you think it's clear that we've we've have discussed this at length? But I guess it's just another example of it. Is it clear that it is a lack of trust, or do we purely look at this like you know we needed a goal and he's just brought in two players that he trusts? Uh, is it clear that we just need to get some transfers done? I think there definitely needs to be investment, maybe not so much for the bench, but what I've always called for sort of improve the starting eleven, and then those players in the starting eleven like a Marcus Rashford, maybe Nemanja Matic. Victor Lindelof, yeah. will they then become your options off the bench, which then give you greater squad depth. But I don't think... I'll criticize, I wouldn't criticise too much Solskjaer for lacking the trust. Like it's his personal opinion on the players, so fair play to him. And if we didn't sort of <coughs> go as strong as he did in the past couple of months or since Project Restart, I don't think we would have made top four. So he's done the right thing by picking his strongest 11. But I think there has to come a time where... Whether deep down he doesn't trust the squad or not, I think he just has to. There was a time, and look, it had paid off with bringing Juan Madron, which we'll get into in a little bit. But you cut, you forward that sort of back and say, if that's an English Premier League game, to leave, to leave the subs that late, you walk away with a point. You don't get the three points. So there comes a time, even if deep down, if you don't trust the play, you have to put him on. You have to take a risk. Like if you're sitting there, you're dying, you're laying on the floor with blood pouring out. And there's two people there with first aid kits, but you don't know what's in the first aid kit. They've both got two different ones. You're going to have to choose one. You're just going to have to take a risk. And Solskjaer's job will be on the line at times where he needs to say, 
Jeez, Marcus Rashford's given me a 2 out of 10 performance. I want to have to change things now. Yeah, I'm definitely agreeing with you there because it's a real concern for me. Um, and I'm not going to be critical of him because obviously we have had a good finish to the Premier League season. But yeah, he, he needs to work out what he's going to do with this squad. And if he doesn't trust them, then he needs to find a way to you know give them the opportunity to earn that trust back. And I'm, I'm sure he will in the preseason, but it's quite concerning to me, that lack of rotation and but you know what, Tom? I'm, I'm, I know you've been waiting all, all podcasts for this. We're, we're 13 minutes in. Mate, seriously, can I sing his... Pra- you know what? I was going to say, let me say my piece on one matter, but, mate, the floor is yours, please. Well, what, do, what do you want me to say? I think it's just a case of anyone who was ever... Look, and football's about opinions. So you can have your opinion on a player 100% fine. But if anyone's questioning his sort of role in the squad and his value to the squad, that is proof of what he brings. That is the definition of the perfect squad player. Because, you nil all, nothing's quite happening. European quarterfinal, where almost your season is on the line. Thank God we've already qualified for the Champions League. But the season potentially on the line. Nothing's quite working. There is nothing better for a team to think, hang on, let's throw a World Cup winner on to maybe change the game. And he is completely different to anyone we have. Like, name a player, obviously we've got far better players than one matter. But no one offers sort of the intricate little detail that he does to a game. And he has come on and just, in the blink of an eye, it changed things. And 100%, that is why we need to keep him. Not just he's come on and done well, but the experience and the lift. And I think, well, Solskjaer spoke about it in the post-match. Just the calmness and composure he gives to everyone. And I'll put that down to what I said before. The ability, if you're on the pitch and suddenly a World Cup winner joins your team, that's going to give you a boost. That's going to give you a sense of calmness, thinking, okay... Well, this guy knows what he's doing. Maybe he can change the game in our favour. So, 100%. I was so glad he did. And he could have came and scored a few goals. It wasn't just that first five minutes. I think in the the extra time, he almost did prove the difference for the whole game. Yeah, I'm with you. And um, I said this in the... I think it was the last podcast I said this. The thing I like about Juan Mata is... For what the, the, for what pace he lacks in his legs, mate, I'm telling you, more than makes up for it for what's in between his ears. He has unbelievable composure and the way that he can just play those intricate passes in and around the box when he's surrounded by defenders. Very, very Paul Scholes-esque. Paul Scholes would appreciate what one Mata brings to this football team. I'm not going to say he's as good as Paul Scholes, but I think in terms of what he brings in terms of the vision that he has in, of in the game... Absolutely brilliant. And I'm telling you, I would be really upset if he left us uh, for next season. So let's hope that the Spaniards It's like that movie, everyone's seen the movie Goal, where the coach has the go at uh, the player training when he's hogging onto the ball and he pulls him aside and says, chase after the ball and he kicks it into the goal. And then he does it two or three times after and says, who moved quicker, you or the ball? And yeah, okay, matter isn't quick, but the ball moves 10 times quicker than any player on the pitch. And matter moves the ball very, very quick. It might not look like it, but tell, uh, trust me, he moves the ball quicker than anyone in our team. No disagreements from me. Uh, Tom, let's go into three two ones where I'm sure the Spaniard may potentially pop up, regardless of how small his cameo is. It's about your performance, not how long you're on the pitch. Who was your man of the match for this game? Look, I would be tempted, obviously, to give it to Mata, but I think someone who weirdly hasn't popped up in the conversation, really, especially when you're hosting a podcast... Anthony Martial, I think he was very close to winning three Pushkas awards. Yeah, but no disagreements here. Um, 
you know, I'm, when I'm hosting the podcast, I just have to be professional, you know. But look, since you're giving the floor, Martial was brilliant. And I don't even need to blow smoke up his ass. He was genuinely world class today. And in fact, you had Manchester United, former Manchester United players saying as much. Robin Van Persie, Owen Hargraves, they know a thing or two about winning important trophies. Paul Scholes even, all all giving lord uh, well lording Martial's performance and besides the goal and you know what this is the sort of maturing uh, we've <clears throat> spoken about um it's no longer needing those pure moments of brilliance though that's he did have that but what i like about this game is he was brilliant without scoring a goal and that is the sign of a truthfully classy center forward and mate i'm telling you i think next season you're going to see I think you're going to see a really good goal return from him. I'm actually getting quite excited about how far he can take his well, I think, game. I think with Martial there, it's that time of the season where we're well, obviously doing three two ones now, but you're also talking about player of the year sort of candidates. And I think Martial this season, what of sort of almost his biggest, the biggest compliment I could give him, okay, his best performance is obviously nines out of tens, tens out of tens. But even when he has played bad this season, like under Jose Mourinho when he played bad, I'll give Martial a two out of ten. But I think his worst performances this year haven't been that bad. I think his worst performances, you sort of give him a 6 out of 10. So that, I think he's always in and around that 6, 7, 8 out of 10, which is sort of all you can ask for, especially when he does have the goals to back it up. Unfortunately, didn't get the goal today. But um, his goal record does speak for itself this season. Absolutely. And he, and he got the penalty. So um, well played to the Frenchman there. Uh, two points? Probably. Look, he's only on for extra time. But in terms of the difference that he made... I'd have to give it to one matter. And I just think in regards to Martial there, the link-up play, which they've often showed in previous seasons, but obviously in the last game against um, last, there was a bit of link-up play in this one. I think it was four or five times they linked up in that first sort of 10 minutes of extra time. And um, I think just having someone close to Martial makes the hell of a difference because when one matter has come in previously, or you look most of the times when he comes in, he comes in in a rotated side. So he's playing with the likes of, say... Uh, Andreas Pereira, Igalo, Dan James, etc. But if you could suddenly put him in that first team and he's in around Bruno and in around Anthony Martial, suddenly one matter looks a hell of a lot better because people are on the same wavelength as him. And I thought, look, he's only on for the pitch for half an hour, but I'll probably argue two points for him. I actually won't disagree with you. Um, like I said, um, it's all about the impact you make on the game. I don't care if you're on for five minutes. If in that five minutes you've made such a difference that leads to us getting the result, no problem from me. So, look, quality over quantity. One Mata gets it. Tom, am I allowed to say this about a 31-year-old? Can we just play him in his damn position? Play him in central midfield and look at what the hell he does. Yeah, he so just I, needs I, to be played centrally. I, I think one day when he does leave and we'll go and do a podcast back looking at his time at United... He's just a player that has... He hasn't, look, I wouldn't say he's been treated badly like as a person who's been treated badly. I think we treat him probably better than any player. But in terms of a player on the pitch, in terms of management and team selection, I think we have treated him unfairly throughout his whole time at United. Agreed. I think if he was played centrally, he'd be spoken much higher. Um, Tom, finally, the one-pointer. A few candidates for this one. I'm not sure where I could go. I could... No one really springs to mind, and I think I could potentially argue a case for a few people. I'm not sure. Could you go Bruno? I don't, I don't think Bruno was good, but again, gets the goal. I think his work rate, again, when Bruno played, I wouldn't say he played bad today, but there was times where he was chasing back into our sort of the defense, defensive corner to sort of win the ball back and play out. There was times where he's had to run away from goal 
to keep keep the ball in play and sort of he, he knows it's a dead end he knows he's not going to create anything from it but he's still putting 100% effort in I thought Brendan Williams wasn't horrible I thought that he was really tested I thought they targeted him but I thought for 120 minutes to keep a clean sheet away in Europe well I say away in Europe it wasn't Copenhagen's ground but you know what I mean I thought he did well I thought look Harry Maguire I thought again a defensive clean sheet um Pogba made things tick without being fantastic. I don't think we win the game without Pogba's performance. I think Copenhagen would get a sort of a stronger foothold in the game if he wasn't there. So um, who do I say at the start of that? Bruno for one point. Anyone else spring to mind for you? Um, I could make a, sh- a shout for Mason. I thought Mason looked dangerous every time he got the ball. But to your point, we've kept a clean sheet and I feel like we a defender needs some recognition for that. Um, I actually want to... It's a hard one. A part of me says give it to Brendan Williams because, you know, he he did well to bounce back after being attacked. But then I feel like by doing that, it's kind of like we're giving a point because, you know, he, because he dealt with how he should. Like, he dealt with it. But you know, if he was any other player, I feel like if he wasn't a local Manchester United player, would we really give him that sort of praise? So I'm not sure on that one. I personally want to give it to Maguire. I thought he did a lot of clean-up work, particularly Bay was quite shaky. And there was one where... Bay got turned by the striker, and Maguire definitely made a last-ditch save. If he didn't get there, mm. it was gonna be a, it was likely to be a goal. So I think Maguire deserves it. I think he did a, just a lot of good clean-up work, in which I'm not sure we keep that clean sheet if he didn't play. Yeah, no, Triple M, Martial, Mata, Maguire. Yep, works for me. Sign me up for that. Ninety-six point nine. Is it ninety-six point nine? Triple M? No, oh. no, it's not. Is it? I remember I listening no to the radio back in nineteen ninety. Yeah, never mind me. Uh, Tom, I'll give it to you to go through our comments. Yeah, so on Facebook, a lot of people just sort of left their 3 two, one so we'll go through these Facebook and Twitter comments. Mad Journeyman on Twitter said, Martial for three points, no goal, but that boy tried his, uh, tried his guts out, created everything for himself, but just couldn't score. Pogba for two points, best out of the starting midfielders, and he's given half a point for um, Slabhead, a.k.a. Harry Maguire, and half a point for Maguire. Gave the boys the spark they needed. Linked well with Anthony Martial. Vin on Twitter said, Varela came good. Glad to see him performing against us. Could we have given him... Or could he have been our second choice right back? We didn't give him much of a chance, did we? I think after that time, Coutinho turned him a new one at Old Trafford. I think that was Varela's Old Trafford career um, done and dusted then. Uh, United men on Twitter. Martial for three. Pogba for two. One matter for one. Which is quite similar to us. Adam on Facebook from the Supporters Club said three points for Greenwood, so he's on your track, thinking Greenwood did quite well. Two for Bruno and one point for Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Um, Emma from the Supporters Club said three points for Brandon Williams, so she agrees with me there that Brandon Williams did quite well. Two points for Nandez and one point for Juan Mata. Rob from the Supporters Club said three points for Martial, two for Fred. A bit of interest in one there and one point for Juan Mata. And George on Facebook said, extra time highlighted why and how Matter can still contribute to the squad. We looked a lot more settled in the final third when he came on and took the creative pressure off Bruno and Pogba. And that's when I look at that one Matter performance, I think. Well, 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 it was fantastic. And I just sort of lauded his performance completely. Did he actually do anything fantastic? I think it was just... I don't think he did. He, he came on and did well. And that's when you have a good player come on and do well, you're going to sort of reap the rewards. But he didn't come on and like do what Anthony Martial did by skinning seven players and almost putting in the top corner. I just think Wanamata came on, and when he does the simple things, it clicks. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the criticism of Pogba for me, there was, and it's only one instance in this match, right? So, and by I actually thought he had a good game, but uh, he Pogba just gets a little bit casual on the ball, and I don't know if that's because of the opposition or maybe it's just the way he plays, but. He's just, he lacks that urgency at times. And I feel like with Mata, he's just on it all the time. And it's just because that's the type of passes he looks for. Like Pogba, he's getting renowned for that long pass or the in the past, you know, a brilliant goal. Whereas Mata's known for his intricacies and cleanup work with the ball. So I feel like they're just different sorts of players. And Mata complemented what we needed at the time, which was a bit of composure um, in terms of what we were doing with the ball. So just your definitely point there cr- on Pogba. And look, I'm definitely yeah. not saying Brandon Williams is better than Paul Pogba. But some of which I think does stand out for Brandon Williams and why I think he's very good in games like this. It's not a criticism of how I would say... I wouldn't call Paul Pogba lazy in his performance, but he definitely has that sort of languid style where people can sort of... He can get that lazy impression. I think Brandon Williams in a game like this, which I found in the first half, it was quite, I would say, a lethargic performance, but it was almost like everyone was just going through the motions. Okay, we're playing Copenhagen. We'll score when we score. We'll win. We'll go through. Where Brandon Williams is going, hang on, it's a European quarterfinal. We need to win this. Can everyone step it up a little bit? And I think that intensity Brandon Williams brings, obviously he, he lacks enormously in quality compared to the players around him. But I think you definitely need that sort of, sort of that spark, that bite, that energy that Brandon Williams gives. Yeah, I've got all the time in the world for players like Brendan. And look, like you said, like he's, yeah, maybe he's not the best technically, but I've got all the time in the world for someone who's a bit aggressive. And you know what? That's the brilliance of youth. Youthful players, they don't care who the opposition is. They're just happy to be there. So credit to him. I actually think he's had a good season. Um, so you're probably wondering, why aren't we going to tell you where the standings are for the 3-2-1s? Because the, it's like the Dally M's. It's gone behind closed doors. The end of the season is not too far away. So once the end of season is here, we'll go through who our player of the season was. Um, and obviously, and then we'll just go through all their performances through the season, highlights, etc. So stay tuned for that episode in the postseason. Uh, Tom, before we wrap up, um, the topic of Jaden Sancho isn't going away. So let's just discuss where things currently stand. Uh, the Dortmund... Was it the CEO or their football director? Yeah, I think he's their director, yeah. Zork. Yeah, Zork. something... Mate, that's, that's a villain name and a half, isn't it? <laughs> he's like a Batman Seriously. character. Yeah, honestly. Um, anyway, villain Zork has said that um, there's um, Jaden Sancho's staying. He's adamant he's staying. And he said, I hope that answers your question. Um, and he, they also seem to say that they've extended his deal by an extra year quietly, which I found quite strange. What do you make of all of this? And do you think the deal to United's in jeopardy here? I haven't seen any rumour about an extension. I'm not sure how that would work, but I'm sure Dortmund will be pursuing every avenue they have. But in terms of what Zork said, in terms of they expect um, De- um, Sancho to be a, play, a Dortmund player next season, he said the same thing about Dembele. He went to Barcelona a few weeks later. He said the same thing about Aubameyang, went to Arsenal a couple of days later. So I don't see anything in that comment. I think that's just standard practice in terms of Solskjaer says the same thing when Pogba was sort of doing it all he could to get out of the door. So I don't see anything in regards to that. But in terms of do I see the deal in jeopardy? Look, it is dragging out a little bit, but I don't think so. I think it's quite common. I think you saw Liverpool unveil a player the other day. He was linked 20 minutes before um, he was holding up a shirt. And at United, you just can't do that. United, like, he was playing that Liverpool player, the Greek lad who signed for Liverpool, he's played, the negotiations probably went on for three or four weeks. 
but no one gives a shit about it. So it's not in the media. Everything is about Jane Sancho. So we're hearing every detail, every update. And these updates might only happen in the boardroom or the negotiation room, maybe once a week, but we're looking for hourly updates to get our fix. So I think it does feel like it's dragging, but probably not really. I think it's quite standard negotiations. And I think Sancho wants the move, Dortmund want the money, United want the player. I think at the end of the day, they'll find a scenario that suits each party, I think. Well, I hope so. I agree with you. I think we're mid-movie at the moment. The villain Zork is taking over the world. You know, the towers are going underwater, but it's okay because Superman Edward Wood is going to come in with his cape and all and he's going to save the day and he's going to save Jaden Sancho from the clutches of the evil villain known as Zork. You like that? We should Maybe the opening uh, theme of this podcast should be that... You know, Star Wars sort of... Not bad, not bad. I'll see what I can do. Uh, Yeah, I think on that note, I should probably end this podcast. So again, thank you for joining us. Um, If you are holding your phone, don't forget to give us a review. It means that more people get to join in in the pub with us. And, you know, in these social distancing times, the more people that we can have in the pub is... This is the safe place. This is the place you do want to be. Tom, thank you as always, mate. I will catch you in the next one. Are we going to do a podcast Thursday? Uh, Pleasure. Chat to you then. All right. No worries. Cheers.